Wilson toward the end zone. It is Seattle's going to the Super Bowl. It's off the Leonard, defended by Simmons. Is this the Tiger? Pass around the boards to the blue line taken by Benny. Ryan Benny, his pass in front of Gretzky, scores! Open, Chicago with the lead! Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the ASI podcast. I am your host, Darren Marr. Of course, joined by my esteemed co-host, Ian the Dynamo Kelly. Of course, this is the ASI podcast, the only podcast you need if you want to listen to two regular Irish guys talking about what they love most about American sports. That is, of course, the NBA, the NFL, uh, the NHL. And now and again, we talk a little bit of baseball too, but we're still both learning about that. But uh, Ian, how are you on this fine Thursday evening, actually? I'm good, brother. Uh, I don't know. A lot of people might, including our two, um, our two better halves, might uh, dispute the fact whether we're regular or not. Um, they might say we're a little bit irregular, possibly. <laughs> so that, one's, that one's up for debate. But, uh, that's, that's part of our charm to make sure that we, uh, to make us lovable. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll go with you on that, yeah. Because, you know, I do love you. It's all love. Uh, that's why we love doing the show. Um, obviously, you're an excited boy uh, on this fine Thursday oh, yes. evening because as we record this, you're about an hour away from the return of Egg Ball. You know I'm kidding. Yep. Football. Yeah. Um, so you're super excited about that. And obviously, today we're going to get through the uh, the last of, of the uh, the build-up, I suppose, from our end. Yeah. Um, it's it's Everyone said it wasn't going to happen happen everyone said that you could not have a football season if there wasn't a bubble scenario but how we wrong they were how wrong they were at least this week how wrong they are yeah uh, we have uh, the first game tonight the texans traveling to face the super bowl champions kansas city chiefs uh in the first game of the 2020 nfl season i cannot wait and um, we will continue with our last uh two divisions to preview tonight, which is, of course, the NFC South and the NFC North. We also have a packed show in terms of reviews, too, because we're going to be reviewing another week of playoff action in both the NBA and NHL bubbles. Things are really, really starting to heat up. We've already gotten one uh, conference finalist uh, in the NBA, and, of course, the conference finals are happening in the NHL at the moment. But, uh, in we're going to actually, our first story today we're going to talk about is actually nothing to do with the playoffs itself. It's actually with a quite controversial hiring in uh, in the NBA, and it's to do with the Brooklyn Nets. Sure, yeah. Um, we kind of brought it to your attention a little while ago. We kind of, kind of we were on the fly a little bit earlier. We obviously, uh, we started a show and then had to get some more of the facts and we've got the facts. So, obviously, legendary uh, basketballer, Stephen Nash. It was my first jersey, by the way. My first ever basketball jersey was a Stephen Nash jersey for the Lakers um, as a gift. But uh, Steve Nash has been uh, hired as the Brooklyn Nets coach. And um, CNN have, have kind of ran this story um, due to the fact that everybody's favorite <laughs> broadcaster, um, Stephen Avery, has basically been calling this appointment out. Um, as an act of white privilege and that there was plenty of um, black head coaches that 
um, should have been given the position ahead of Stephen Nash. Um, now, I don't know whether yourself and myself need to get into a debate on whether, you know, because that, that, that is down to opinion as well, right? Because, I mean, it's Stephen Nash's first head coach gig, I believe. Yes. Um, so, in my opinion, I'm looking at that as a positive uh, move for the uh, for the Nets. Um, and I know you mentioned as well, he's really good friends with Kevin Durant. Is that right? Yeah, he's trained a lot with Kevin Durant in the okay. past. And Kevin Durant thinks fairly highly of him, yeah. So there's obviously been dialogue there. And the way I would look at it, I would look at uh, Stephen Nash personally. And I'm looking at this just purely from a basketball um, point of view is that he'd be a young coach. He's obviously done his, done his um, I don't know, his equivalent of badges and stuff like that, I suppose. His, his education, I suppose, looking at it from a coaching standpoint. And probably a young coach being able to bring some kind of new ideas into, uh, into the Nets as well. Because, I mean, the Nets are stacked with talent. Um, but yeah, the reason it's become controversial is because CNN and in particular Stephen Avery have been just running with this whole thing about um, white privilege, which which yeah. now we, we should mention as well that Stephen Avery is separate to CNN as well. Sure, so Stephen Avery was on e he has his e show ESPN uh, first take. That's yeah. where the comments originally uh, came yeah, from, yeah. and uh, CNN obviously ran with the story of Nash's response to it. Yeah, no, I did say, I probably, I did actually say Avery and CNN, so I do apologise, I probably should have made that a little bit clearer, just, just to be just to be sure, but yeah, 100%, you're correct there, Dara. Um, but the, the problem that we have here, again, is, is kind of, um, you know, one side of the media using this as a political agenda now to, to kind of separate, well, from what a lot of people are seeing anyway, um, to kind of create a divide between, you know, two different... Two different skin colors. Let's be fair. That's really what it boils down to. Um, two different skin colors. That and, and it doesn't need to be that way. In my opinion, in anyone's opinion, in any right-minded person's opinion, we should all be together and and uh, you know just trying to get get through this COVID thing as best as we can. First and foremost, and try and get back to some sort of a normal life. And, and you know, I think everybody from both sides has probably learned a lot during this. Um, certainly the people on the ground, the everyday people like you and me and, you know, for the politicians, this is another dime and another, another notch in the belt in terms of uh, who they can potentially get on their side for voting come November. So it, it, it is unfortunate that um, the likes of CNN and Stephen Avery and ESPN are allowing this kind of thing to be done as a political move. Um, it has affected NBA, which we have discussed um, previously. It has affected their ratings no matter how much you know, people want to come out and, and try and defend that. And the people that are usually defending it is either the TV companies or, or the uh, the owners of the bubble that are in the bubble. Um, but no doubt it has affected their ratings. Um, in terms of the appointment itself, I, would have, I wouldn't have necessarily called it a, uh, you know, I don't even think there would have been controversy if Stephen Avery hadn't have even mentioned that comment. Would you agree? Uh, I, I, I would agree. Um, yeah. I think that, I think it's it's misplaced for uh, Stephen Avery to say that. Um, I think that um, it wasn't the, the sole intent. I well, I don't know. I don't know the owners of the Nets. I don't know what their thinking is. But it wasn't this. I'm, I'd imagine it wasn't the sole the sole intention when hiring a new coach that they were going to say, right, this coach has to be uh, this color or whatever, sure. or he has to sure. have this ability, or he has to like. Like we mentioned, he's good friends with Kevin Durant. He's going. The the owners are going to take that into into account because they want to keep their star players happy. 
yes, Steve Nash hasn't got a lot of um, hasn't got coaching. any head coaching, coaching uh, head coaching experience, but he has got eighteen seasons in the league, which has to count for something. You know, he only retired five years ago in twenty fifteen. So sure, actually, yeah, that's very that's very very recent. Like, I mean, yeah. like, it, it's not like they hired you know Billy Jobs from you know a local yeah. college. You know? But see, this is the this is the whole thing as well. Where if you look at it from one point of view, like we see it here in normal day life. Say, you know, when you sort of go for a job and you're looking, you want to go for a job and you're looking through, and they say like required experience needs like three years experience in this certain field or something like that, and you're thinking well, how am I going to get that experience if they don't give me the job? So this is the thing with Steve Nash. Steve Nash hasn't got any head coach experience. How is he going to get it if no team hires him? Gives him a chance, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, how are you going to get head coaching experience if you don't get a job as a head coach? He's gotten a job as a head coach right now. Um, so, that's that. I, I look at it in that sense. It's just like, so... Um, I think it's the wrong. I think it's also the wrong sport. You probably agree. Sorry for cutting across you there, but yeah, just yeah. on your point there to kind of, you know, go on, go off your point, should I say? Um, it's probably the wrong sport to be trying to create a racial divide in as well, because I mean, it's probably there's definitely a lot more, um, uh, you know, a lot more African Americans and blacks uh, within the NBA as players, certainly as well. But even even um, if we look at say football soccer here in Europe mm -hmm. um there would be there wouldn't be that many black head coaches there'd be probably a lot of um, a lot of black staff members in the coaching um, coaching roles and I know that that's been an argument over here um I, I still think when you're when you're pushing that narrative you're trying to push an agenda rather than necessarily who's best qualified for the job yeah, yeah okay you could turn around and say the next Okay, uh, Jack Vaughn, I think, was is free at the moment, isn't it? Himself is free, I believe. I believe he was one of the names that was mentioned that's free at the moment. There was um, a few names mentioned. There was sure. a few. Like, he, like even, even I think it was, was it a, I know this is, Greg Popovich's name was there mentioned as well, you know, in the two. But, but like, the thing is, like. But if you're a net owner, the point I'm making, sorry, yeah, you might yeah, want to go a certain direction, that's all. Exactly, and what I was actually going to say, to, and it kind of ties into that, is um, we don't know how that interview went. Um, yeah. You know, so they could, he could have he could have blown them away with his vision of what he wanted to do with that team, and they were like, "We are." It doesn't matter if he has no head head coaching experience. The vision that he has for this team is something that we have to jump on right now or at least convince them enough to say, yes, we're going to take a chance on that. Because they gave him a four-year deal, so whatever his plan for the team is, is obviously a good one. Yeah, and that's it. And that's that's all I'm saying. I mean, it's uh, this, this whole devoid of trying to push people into these sort of arguments is ridiculous. I think Stephen Avery should be reprimanded for making comments like that as well. He works uh, many of it. He works in a diverse working environment um, where you know white people and black people can coexist, and even on panels they coexist. Um, they might have disagreements or whatever, but to be pushing this uh, this racial narrative all the time at a time where quite clearly there is political agendas on both sides of the media. By the way, I'm not just going to attack the left; I'm also going to attack the right, um, because we are a straight down the middle podcast, you and me for sure. So we're not taking sides in any of this, and I think we've we've been very balanced on all of our debates on this. Um, 
and I hope our fans agree with that because that's certainly what we try to deliver. Um, it just seems that a lot of this at the moment is coming from the left side. And that does not mean to say that we are right-wing people and you know, we, we, we're against everything. That's not the case. I do think when you're bringing your political agenda into sports, this is the kind of mess it starts creating and, it, and, and the kind of conversations that people don't want to be having. Dara, you and me take pleasure in this podcast when we set it up not to get into a political show because otherwise we would have created a very different type of podcast. Yeah. Um, we, look, we, we, we fell in love with, with, you know, with hoops being shot and people going hard in the paint. We fell in love with you know, football. I'm, I look forward to this football education as well and I'm enjoying the kind of journey so far. And, and then obviously you getting you know, really into the ice hockey as well. This is why yeah. we, as two Irish guys who don't live in the United States of America, um, want to bring bring this kind of broadcast to you, and uh, and that's what we want to talk about. However, unfortunately, you know these are issues that sometimes need to be talked about. Not issues, news stories that need to be talked about, and we won't spend too much longer on it. But I would agree with you there, Dara. I think um, I think it's clutching at straws here. I think it's um, I think it's creating tension and divide where there doesn't need to be any. And what really we should be talking about is, you know. The, 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 the crunch time now, all teams going hard in the paint in the conference finals. Um, you know, we, and which, which I think it's a nice segue now um, to get off from that. Unless there's anything you want to add to that, is there? No, no, more. I think everything has been covered. Yeah, like so we'll, we'll move on and we'll, we'll actually talk about the games themselves. Yeah, yeah that's where I wanted uh, to go, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about the games themselves because we have a team now in the Eastern Conference Final. Uh, it's a team that probably no one thought would make it. And, it, of course, it's the Miami Heat finishing All their series over. Man. All except one All man. All except the one man. Uh, Casey Kernan. Miami. Casey <laughs> Kernan did call it. Um, but he didn't call uh, the Celtics doing well, which we still have air hopes on. Well, well, they were my two teams that I called doing well. So I really, all of my uh, all of my eggs kind of are in that uh, in that Eastern basket, really now, aren't they? With, yeah. with Boston and Toronto, because I believe yourself and myself had kind of um, had that debate on a very first show that you thought the Celtics would actually do better than the, the this, Raptors, and I thought the Raptors yeah. would do well. So we're we're kind of a yeah, but, but I think we're both kind of uh, enjoying that journey too because definitely enjoying that series for sure. Yeah, for I sure. mean, and we'll, we'll we'll talk about it because just last night, um, double overtime needed by, by the Raptors to uh, overcome uh, the Celtics and to stay in the series, uh, drawing a three-three. Kyle Lowry with an unbelievable uh, shot there in the, the end of second overtime to seal the win. Um, yeah. I, I like uh, looking back at the game. Um, I, I thought that the first quarter was unbelievable. I think it was like fifty to forty-eight. The scoring was unbelievable yeah. in the first yeah. quarter. Sort of tailed off for the rest of the three, and sort of was a more steady, consistent one. But um, I think uh, the Celtics are gonna, would have left that game disappointed, knowing that they had it. They had a chance there to to seal it. Psychological, um, yeah. Definitely I think, yeah, the psychological damage could be massive heading into this uh, seventh game now. I think it's tomorrow night, the seventh game. Let me just double-check here while I have it. Uh, yes, the seventh game is tomorrow. Um, so, I don't know. I think I still I, I still think that the Raptors are going to uh, 
turn it around fully. Um, I think, yeah, the psychological damage done in that game yeah. last night, I think, might just be too much for the uh, Celtics to overcome. Yeah, I'm kind of in agreement with you there. I mean, obviously, being an Irish fan, we all have, like, a little bit of an affiliation with the Celtics, you know what I mean? In that sense that, like, it's more of a respect thing, you know what I mean? It's kind of, it's more of a patriotic thing, isn't it? When we see the Celtics going around, we're like, ah, there's an Irish team from Boston. But, you know... Leaving that yeah, the one that has the leprechaun on the crest. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, it's very <laughs> stereotypical. Yeah, Irish lives that matter. The, Irish leprechaun the, lives matter. Yeah, yeah there's yeah, a stereotype. The, I want to get leprechaun lives matter. Yeah. I want to get some SJW stuff going here on, on a campaign <laughs> for the Boston Celtics. Change that bloody logo. <laughs> um, I mean, the Raptors was kind of my team, um, even even early on, as you know, because I didn't really kind of feel that the Magic were going to. Uh, Gonna do anything really? Um, yeah, I was happy with that one game against the, the Bucks. Um, mm-hmm. I thought, you know, I thought they done well to, to kind of just stay in the series and keep it, I suppose, in some way respectable. Um, yeah. But I, I've kind of fallen in love with the Heat. I know it sounds a bit ironic considering they're kind of my rivals, but um, I've kind of fallen in love with the Heat and the way they play. I always had a bit of a bit of an affiliate. Always had a soft spot for the Heat anyway, just purely from the LeBron yeah. days. I know it seems like sometimes I rip on LeBron on this show, but that's only sometimes for his political, you know, campaign and during this bubble. But LeBron has really kind of kept to himself the last few weeks, and it's shown as we can see. But um, yeah, the Heat. I've really, really been impressed with the Heat. To be honest with you, the Heat would actually be my favorites to probably win the whole thing at the moment, because you know I'm always a champion of the underdog, and I know everyone's expecting either the Clippers or the or the Lakers to win it. I really think if the Heat meet either of those teams in the final, that's a, that that could be a seven series for sure. Yeah. Um, I think the Raptors, I would have said the Raptors too, but I actually expected a clean slate on this. I expected a 4-1, to be honest with you, against the Celtics yeah. early on, but then having seen the way the Celtics played in the build-up to this, um, yeah, I think whatever team goes through from that, He's going to be exhausted because the Heat have fresh legs now. Um, they do, um, and I think the like Jimmy Butler has been fantastic for for the Heat, but not just them. They they have such an array of young players. He's there been as my well. player of the tournament so far, or, or, or definitely of the last of the last two weeks anyway. Maybe yeah. that would be more fair, would it? Just to have just to have the likes of uh, Goran Dragic as well there to be. Um, help helping them up like just for say for example in the last game the one that they, they won there just the other night like um, Dragic there going for 17 points with, with Jimmy Butler um, you know you got like Crowder with 16 you got Bam out of Bayou with 13 how good has Bam out of Bayou been as well so good so good and he's on his way to get probably a max contract with with the Heat and he's fully deserving of it too um, Tyler Hero has been probably one of the like standout rookies this year obviously the likes of Zion and Jan Morant will get the headlines but Tyler Hero has been really good in for really solid for uh, the uh, heat not just in the bubble but in the whole season so they are a team to really really fear Um, and I think whoever comes through like you were saying whoever comes through that seventh game now tomorrow night um, they will have to try and turn it around Um, but we'll look at the other side of it, and we'll look at the Bucks side, obviously going down 4-1, going down in the second round of the playoffs for the second year in a row. Um, of course, Giannis didn't play bye in bye the final Giannis. game bye bye on, 
yeah. on Tuesday due to a high ankle sprain. Yeah, is, what do you think? Do you think it's a bye bye Giannis this year? Now he did come out and say he's not going to ask for a trade after the game, but look, you can, you, know, you can't. Yeah, you have listen, to say that sort of stuff. You know, you, you gotta just you gotta be good at media. Listen, Giannis yeah. is going to be twenty six by the time that this next um, like people people forget that people think that Giannis is no pun intended a young book, <laughs> um, and he is a young book. To be fair, I mean he's twenty five, dude. I wish I was twenty five. Um, and looked like Giannis, <laughs> yeah. but um, no. Look, all joking aside, Giannis is going to be 26 going into this next season, and um, these are these are the years that he needs to make a decision. Okay, right, fair enough. One more year with the books isn't going to kill him. He's going to be, but for the books, it's 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 really down. The books. If he's not going to sign, we've had this conversation with Casey before as well. He's not going to sign, and then he's going to be traded. You know they need. But here's here's the question for you though, because this is and the heat. This now. That was the question. Sorry, I think I think no. he Giannis with the heat. Yeah, yeah. The, the heat is definitely a team that that he would consider. But yeah. it's um, it's it's the question of his contract and what he's really looking for. Because if he signs with the books, yeah, he stands to make an another eighty million dollars. Um, whereas if he was to sign with another team and get a max contract with them, like he, he would obviously lose that. He would lose a year and $80 million. So um, I know when we talked with Casey before, if you haven't heard it, go back to our previous podcast and, and have Please a look do, yeah. or have a listen. Um, but he did mention that money is not the sole uh, choice of where he's going to go. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting. He just wants to go to a winning team. And, and the thing with, with the Bucks is that they have one of the oldest teams. And if they were to say to him, we're going to build a new team around you, they're going to have to build a lot in a short space of time. And I don't think they can do that. Dude, that would be a three-year deal. You know what I mean? Or, yeah. You know, two at a stretch, but it would be a three-year deal. What, like in, then, in, in, then you have to. Then if you're in, if you, if it is like that, sorry, uh, and you're and you're Giannis, you have to decide. Look, if these guys are saying it's going to take three years, do I hang around for these three years? And twenty nine, then prob, probably not win for three years, where I could have spent those three years winning somewhere else to try and get for them to get to the level that we need, and then maybe by the time those three years happen, maybe my championship window is gone, and I don't, and I, and I never win one. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's quite clear. Uh, I do see the Miami Heat as the obvious choice for him purely uh, because I, I think looking at Giannis and you know listening to the people around him and anybody that seems to know his personality, uh, I don't think the eighty million will kill his. I think I think it would kill him more if he took the eighty million and then killed his kind of chances of winning things because obviously now um, we've seen all of the critique from the fans and, and critics saying that, you know, Yanis is overrated and Yanis is this and Yanis is that. And, you know, some of it may be, some of it may be true, some of the critiques and some of it is probably very, very harsh. I don't know. Um, but one thing I do know is that he is the MVP, um, you know. And the defensive player of the year. Exactly. So yeah. I don't think, I'll be honest with you. I don't think the Lakers is is an idea for him purely because I don't think he's that type of guy that's just no, going to go. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule out the Warriors. Um, I do believe that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Actually, if if you if you were going to put a gun to my head and said, 
right dynamo um two teams that Giannis is going to sign for it would be between the warriors and and the heat for me i think um i just think the heat looks very attractive to him at the moment um a it's a good city i know i know um casey said as well it's not always necessarily about that but it, it is a good city i know san fran is too so um, that's two, two very, very, and that does matter a lot to players, as you know. But the um, thing is, like, I think the the endorsement deals that he probably get from joining one of those two teams might help bridge the the gap that uh, with the eighty million obviously arise yeah. with the eighty million. Yeah, I think so. I think Miami especially, um, he can go there. I mean, he would have he he played against the the Heat there the other day, and I'm sure there was conversations from. Certain players probably doing a little bit of a little bit of tapping up, as we call it here in Europe, um, yeah. because he would have seen. I mean, why wouldn't you want to go and play with the likes of a Jimmy Butler and Tyler Hero and and Bam Adebayo? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that's a young team. That's the scary thing about the Heat. If they get a Giannis in, man, that the 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 two teams on the West, the Clippers and the Lakers, and then that one big team, obviously on on the on the East. Because, I mean, it's going to be super competitive, dude, because you've got, obviously, you're going to have Boston, who look really good, and they're only going to get better next year. You've got the Bulls now, who have obviously got their new GM in, and he's going to try and rip shit up. Um, the Knicks, I think, are making all kinds of moves now as well to just completely rip up the book and try and uh, try and get competitive there. So that's going to be a competitive side. And then, of course, you're going to have the Warriors, if they miss out on Giannis, where are they going to go? Because they've obviously going to have if they have cap space for Giannis, they're they've definitely going to have to uh, to make um, to make some waves to to suffice that that loss, I suppose, yeah. on a trade that probably six months ago looked like it would happen. Let's be fair. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like it seems like every direction for Giannis points to to Florida. Um. And yeah, it's just it's super interesting. It was it was a crazy. Crazy game, like a four-one game. I think people should be scared of the Heat at the moment, and I do believe that um, both teams in the West now, because I do think it's going to be the Lakers and the Clippers that will be in that uh, Western Conference Final. And well, now, now that you mentioned the West, I think I think it is only fair that we talk a little bit about it. Because, yeah, no, it is because um, your team is there as well. Yeah. Uh, I I would be remiss if I didn't talk a little bit about my team. Just and just I'm a happy little to. bit. I'm just happy a little to. bit. I'm happy to. But yeah, just last night the Clippers uh, winning uh, ninety eight to eighty seven to against the Denver Nuggets in a game that watching I obviously didn't get to see the full game. I watched the highlights and yeah, I only watched the highlights as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's it was a game that seemed to be quite comfortable for the for the Clippers, which they have, which was similar to Game One as well. They 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 were both sort of uh, not easy, but they were ahead for almost all of the game. I think apart from a brief five minute spell in the second third quarter, um, Kawhi Leonard showing again why he will be if the Clippers go all the way to the conference final to the uh, sorry NBA finals, the that Kawhi is going to be the playoff MVP. Uh, again, he's averaging 30 points a game. Uh, absolutely fantastic. His defense is as good as ever. He's he was one so... point. He was only one point off a triple double. Like you know, he's only one yeah. point away. So uh, un- unbelievable. He saw. He sort of. He's 
carrying the team is kind of unfair. Carrying Paul George at times because he only another disappointing game for for uh, only Jordan's ten points on night. the board. Yeah, yeah, uh, another disappointing game in what was a low scoring game in general. Uh, neither side obviously breaking uh, one hundred, but uh, there's there is a player though that I've been very impressed with and so far in this, and it's been Evita Subots who's been playing, who's been covering. Um, Jokic so so well in this in this series and he's been obviously uh, Jokic is going to score he, you're not going to stop him scoring but it's not an easy task it tough. yeah, yeah, not yeah easy. it's not an easy task but it's he's making it tough he's making them earn those points which is the, which is what um, I'm sure Doc Rivers and all uh, Clippers fans have been wanting so far uh, so we'll see they're three, like I said they're 3-1 up now at the moment um, game uh, five of the series is on tomorrow night. Hopefully they can wrap that up and get a few extra days rest before they face either the Lakers or the Rockets, who are currently playing at the moment, and the Lakers are, are winning in game four of their series. They're currently 2-1 up against the Rockets. Obviously, in the last two games, um, as after losing the first one, uh, you watched some of LeBron during the week, and you are quite impressed with him. Yeah, like 100%, I think, uh, and Anthony Davis. It seems like LeBron tonight now has, has had a quiet enough game. Uh, he's got 4-4-3, four, four, and three, so he's got four points, four rebounds, and three assists, and that'll probably change what he ended the game. But uh, Anthony Davis has kind of stepped up, I think, in the latter stages of the bubble, and as has LeBron, to be fair. And I think um, I think what's happening with the with the Lakers is because so many eyes have been on them and because they looked not convincing, we've talked about that, but they haven't looked very convincing throughout the bubble. And I think, you know, if that was any other team, if that was the Nuggets we were talking about or something like that, we'd be like, wow, they're doing great. But I think it's because it's the Lakers. We expect, I suppose, whitewashes pretty much every time they go out on the court. Um, but I think they've gone quietly about their business. Nothing too flashy. Um, but LeBron, yeah, I mean LeBron during the week I watched him and he was just a phenom. He was he was playoff LeBron again, and we haven't. I, I don't think LeBron, to be fair, I don't think he's not been playoff LeBron throughout the whole series. I think he's still put up decent numbers and he's been doing his job. But it was just you could see the defensive side. Um, I think it was Tuesday's game. I want to say was it? Yeah, it was Tuesday's game. It was only one twelve to one hundred two, so it wasn't like a, it wasn't a, a complete like. Uh, a demolition job, but at the same time, um, LeBron still had 36 points, seven rebounds, five assists. But those 36 points, um, they're just coming when they're needed. Do you know what I mean? We've always talked, you always hear me talking about that. People probably wreck people's heads. You know, it's one thing looking at the numbers and going, Oh, that's great, but it's, it's like, um, you know, a player can score, you know, 60 points in a game, but like if they're 60 points in a game. Where the, where the team is already up, they're just their points for the sake of points. Whereas when you're getting points when your team is under the under the cosh a little bit, and you need to kind of just drag them out of it and create a little bit of a distance there, I think that's where I'm seeing LeBron impress me. Um, and I think Anthony Davis is doing really well. Anthony Davis had a hell of a game for rebounds and that as well. 15 rebounds, 26 points. You know, you can see that little bit of little bit of, uh, what's the word, kinesis coming between the two again. A yeah. uh, little bit of telepathy start to come through their game. And they're looking Telekinesis. good. Telekinesis. 
Yeah, well, I was I was trying to be too smart. I was like, I know it's telekinesis <laughs> from a comic book reading days. Uh, but, um, well, you were saying kinesis and then like telepathy. I said kinesis. So I like, oh, let, said, yeah, let, let, let's just put it together. Let's just put those two yeah. words together. I know. I'm trying to be too. I'm trying to be too much of a uh, too much of a writer these days. I wasn't wrong in what I said, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't want to confuse people. I'm being a politician there. Uh, telepathy yeah. and uh, kinesis. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it's nice to see. The only thing that worries me about um, the Lakers really is that what do they have outside of those two? Um, they don't look That's like a, a cohesive yeah. unit all around, to be honest with you. Um, like, I well, mean, well, let's look I, at the other numbers, okay? What We've I've got, seen, yeah, just before you go into the numbers, actually, just, just making one point about, like you are saying, the, the supporting cast to Davis and, and, and LeBron. We've seen, I think, so far in a lot of the series that the, the those two guys are having their good games. But we've seen that one of the supporting cast seems to have a really good game. Like the, there was Kyle Kuzma in some of the games, uh, uh, Danny Green in some of the games, and then in just in this game on Tuesday, it was Rondo, Rondo who, yeah, who was actually who was shooting from everywhere and hitting everything. So who Rondo? I think that's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's that that's that's helping them obviously at the moment. But um, when I'm it just... comes to like no disrespect to the likes of the Rockets and it was the Trailblazers beforehand, but no disrespect to those teams. But when they face the likes of the Clippers and then if they beat the Clippers, the likes of say a Heat or a Raptors or a Celtics, like those teams are going to have more players to to do damage to you. Um, so they, they they will need their whole team to be performed, not just three out of five now. Well, here's a question for you then. So we've talked extensively about Giannis, okay? And we, we look at um, we look at the Lakers there, and like you mentioned, Rondo, he had a night the other night, you know, shooting from everywhere, you say, assists. Caruso, not a great performance, 24 minutes on the court, five points, two rebounds, not good enough for me. Uh, Kuzma, 14 and three. No assists. Again, not good enough for me. Um, inconsistency, I think, was the word that we'd use there from, from the supporting cast. But here's yeah. a question for you. We talk about where does Giannis go, and obviously that's the big story. Where does, where does the beard go from here, Harden go, if, uh, it, it, you know, if, they, if they go? Because, I mean, I honestly think if the Lakers win tonight, which it looks like they will, um, and they go to a 3-1 lead, I don't see the Rockets getting getting, a, a, you know, forcing it to a sixth game. Where where does the beard go from here? I mean... Well, if, the beard, if he was smart, he would look to go somewhere else, but I don't think he's... I don't think he is. I don't think he's going to leave Houston. Hmm. Uh, it's an interesting I like, I don't. I don't know why. Like, obviously, they brought, the, they brought in uh, Westbrook to, you know, to give... Harden that support cast that he needs because I you, you think and I think it was I think actually and I know like we're mentioning Casey again we don't get paid for the amount of times we mention Casey Kerry we don't he needs to start uh, he just he makes needs, a lot he just makes a lot of good points he needs you know? to start uh, monetizing <laughs> every time we mention him here we need to be monetized from YouTube I know but um, <laughs> he mentioned how like we all know like these teams that have the great players, you know, Kawhi with the Clippers, LeBron, Lakers, Harden, uh, Rockets. It's all about 
the second person and how good mm-hmm. the second person is that can help drive that team to becoming a winning team. So how good is the Anthony Davis? How good is the Paul George? How good is the Russell Westbrook? And like, yeah, I like what's like, Michael Jordan without without Scottie Pippen or Dennis Rodman? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so I, I just I don't know. Like like Kawhi last year, how how good was Kawhi? Maybe without the likes of Van Fleet or, or Lowry. That's fair. Know? That's fair. I would just say, and um, before we move on. I would just say that if anybody has uh, contact with with agents of of, uh, James Harden and they want to kind of give him any recommendations, I just want to say that Orlando is a pretty good place to live, um, as he knows. Could you say Orlando is a magic place to live? I would say that, yeah. I like that, yeah. Yeah. I like like how you're helping me there, yeah. Because you know, I mean, (laughs) you've got your clippers, you've got your stars there. I'm just saying, you know, the beard, the beard could have big guys like the big man himself, Vooch, helping him out there, you yeah. know, Markel Fultz, just, uh, you know, Jonathan, I'm just saying, you know, it's just saying, just, just putting it out there. That's no harm putting that out there. Or else if he's real smart, he'll probably just go to, uh, probably just go to the Lakers or something like that. Actually, well, that's if the Lakers thing. could afford him. Because I'm sure yeah. he'd want a max contract. Well, if they can afford, if they can afford, uh, if they can afford Anthony or uh, Giannis, then they can afford the beard. So that's true. That's, that's true, the way actually. I look at it. Chicago Bulls is going to be interesting. Before we leave, Chicago, Chicago Bulls, obviously a huge market, huge market, uh, one of the biggest teams. Obviously, the the Knicks are a huge market too. But I don't know how many people want to play under their crazy owner. Um, I mean, that's always probably what is going to get away, get in the way. With uh, with the Knicks progressing, depending on how they look now with the new coach and the new setup, hopefully that's a new uh, new era for the Knicks. Um, but I think the two big markets there that are kind of sleeping giants, obviously, is the Bulls and the Knicks. But I think the Bulls would be the most exciting prospect out of that. You would probably agree, right? Because yeah. obviously they need something. You know what I mean to uh, to kind of bring them back. And they they've obviously got the new the new GM in. Um, can't pronounce his name right now, but uh, I know he's I know he's good. I know he's definitely good, and it's a huge yep. uh, step in the right direction for for uh, the Bulls. And I'm sure the Bulls will be looking one day to Steve Kerr's uh, contract ending with the Warriors and possibly making a phone call to Steve Kerr, which wouldn't be white privilege, by the way, would because Steve Kerr is a really good coach and uh, he's proven that. So yeah, he's proven um, that. Yeah, I, I would I say he, what, he was a coach who actually did not have any experience before he was hired by the Warriors. So there's there your segue. You've just set it up for me. I laid the pass on to you, and dude, you alley oop that shit right into the bucket. So I appreciate that. Um, and it's very <laughs> no true. So let's move along. Listen, uh, we'll move on, and what we're actually going to do is we're going to take a quick break. Yeah. Uh, and when we come back from the break, we're going to be talking about the NHL action in the bubble. Absolutely. We will see you in two. Don't you dare go away. I take on <laughs> Giannis Antetokounmpo. LeBron, is your refrigerator running? Yo, what uh, you doing? What you hang up for? Man, I got nervous, man. Nervous? It's LeBron James. Come on. Look. I just flipped the switch. Flip, flip. There you go. Tenokubo! Oh, he caught a body! Okay. Oh, he caught a body! 
know me since I hit the top. Hey, this a rolling, not a stop. Watch, don't ever stop. D-line quickness, drives to the basket, rejected by Yass. Get that out of here. And you are all very, very welcome back to the ASI podcast with me, Ian Dynamo Kelly. And of course, the man with the hair, that is Daramar. How are you, Dar? Are you all right? You've uh, you've taken a break there. You've re you've re you've uh, conditioned yourself. You've 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 piped down the excitement. No, you haven't. You drained the fluids, and I think I should be called not the man with the hair. I think should I be called the Irish beard instead? Well, you've got some nice hair as well, though. Yeah, well, thank you. But uh, yeah, the Irish beard, I kind of like the ring of. So uh, yeah, but like people would but say, your beard is sexier though. I just I choose not to grow it longer. Uh, yeah, don't don't try and get a cop out. Like, oh, I have the design. I choose not to grow it longer. I choose not to grow it longer. I have the designer stubble. Then is that what we call it? That. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You have the hairdresser one. Yes. The hairdresser one. Yeah. The designer yeah. stubble. <laughs> so we're gonna get into uh, we're gonna get into the uh, the ice hockey now. Obviously, the NHL is uh, is also now. To uh, coming to its its beautiful conclusion, almost to be fair, um, we are in the conference finals at the moment in the NHL. Um, it's looking pretty well. It, it's it's tied in one game, but I mean it's it's pretty it's pretty close to what to what I predicted a couple of weeks ago. Um, but let's let's kind of rather than get too too far ahead of ourselves, let's look at it. We've got the uh, the Golden Knights against. Those damn Dallas Stars and, uh, of course, the Tampa Bay Lightning, my second team against the Islanders. Well, my second team is actually the Sharks, but the Sharks aren't anywhere to be seen either. So, um, yeah. But, yeah, so which, which one we talk about? Will we talk about the, the Golden Knights first, will we? Yeah, we should start with the Golden Knights, which is your team that you're rooting for now in the bubble. Um, yeah, and I, I, think, I think Ian, on a previous show that we talked about, I was quite critical of the Golden Knights and their rotating goalkeeper system that they have. But I think um I think they You want to make amendments. It. You want to make amendments. I want to make amendments because okay. it looks like they stopped doing that now because maybe they heard um, you obviously listen. Obviously Lerner has, has been in has been in net for for the last I think four games now in a row. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's been fantastic. Absolutely fantastic in those four games. And I, I would have been the one to say, oh, you'd have to start Flurry because he's the better keeper. But you, Lerner has been absolutely fantastic. Um, obviously, uh, he conceded, obviously, the only goal of the game in the first game against Dallas, uh, which kind of was a weird game in general. I think both teams were a little sloppy in that game. Only 20, only 20 25 goals on on a shot on goals each, I should say. In the first game. That, which yeah. is kind of in the first game, yeah, yeah. But then obviously in the second game, they're uh, just last, was it last night or the night before? It was last on Tuesday, night, was. Tuesday, Tuesday. Tuesday, Tuesday, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, I think they, they obviously came back and that was a, 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 a second period blitz by the Vegas Knights to obviously go three three goals in front and obviously kept the lead there. I think shocked to Dallas. And, you know, Dallas is... Um, I think power play has been quite poor in this series as well. Normally they're good, quite a good power play side, but uh, I think uh, I think Vegas uh, defense has sort of figured them out now a little bit, and I worry a little bit for Dallas 
now coming in because they're actually playing at the moment. I worry about it if they can't turn it around, especially in this game. Well, they've been like they've been through. You mentioned there, like they weren't really initially good against Calgary on the power play, and then unfortunately for Calgary, the last kind of couple of games, that's where they kind of strengthened up and. They probably saw a weakness there with Calgary that Calgary were happy to sit back and take the power plays. So obviously that was a good coaching job um, on the on the behalf of the Dallas Stars that they saw that and and worked on that and took advantage of it and, and rightly so and they did take advantage of it. But um, yeah, I mean their faceoff was terrible on Tuesday as well. They only won thirty percent, thirty eight percent of their faceoffs, um, which I know might not seem like a big deal, but it really is. You know what I mean? Um, well, like if you lose your face off, then you're already in defensive mode and you can't sort of set up any sort of attack. So that's, yeah. that's why they're so important. Well, yeah, I mean, they had significantly less shots as well in that game, 24 to 32 in favour, obviously, of, of the, the Golden Knights. Um, like I said, they had, they had less hits. They had less blocks. They had more giveaways. So the, the, the game kind of tells its own story. Um, yeah, you're right about Lainer. Lainer was um, was was one of the, the three stars of the game as well, um, along with Stasny and Nosek. So, yeah, the, the Golden Knights kind of woke up, I guess, from that first game. Yeah. I think it was a bit of a shell shock. I don't, I don't know. I kind of don't want to make excuses for the Golden Knights, but I think that first game, yeah, was a little bit to do with the kind of tactics and and this this kind of revolving door of goalkeeper and. It didn't really make sense to me either. Uh, it just looked like they needed a little bit of a they needed a shot of Viagra in that game. If I can if I can be so crude, to be honest with you, because they were they were shooting blanks. Let's let's be fair, they really were, um, and it wasn't for want of trying. I never once kind of looked at that game and feared for the rest of the series for the Golden Knights. Um, I just thought, to be honest with you, it was actually just awakening. Um, I was going to say awakening the Kraken, but we can't really use that now. Um, nope. it, was awake, it was awakening the, um, the fire that the Golden Knights needed, you know? Yeah. Um, and obviously, that first game is on now, um, so it'll be interesting to see where, where to go with that. But I think it'll be... I mean, the Stars have kind of surprised people in this playoff as well. They've actually been a tough team to play against, um, purely because of a lot of their, their absolute... Shithousery as well. Do you know what I mean? They, they, they do have. Um, you know, I'm bitter against them for a lot of things too. But uh, they do yeah, have. No, I know you're not a fan of them. Like Perry is just an absolute asshole. I mean, he gets in and tries to hurt goalkeepers and stuff, and gets away with a lot of stuff. And you've probably seen your man Perry yourself. He, he's just, he's just a nasty little bollocks. But uh, like at the end of the day, he does his job and he's there to do that. And uh, uh, you know, if the ref doesn't call it, then. You know, players will go for it. So, yeah. I think the Dallas. To be fair, I know I give them a lot of shit, but I will, I will say uh, they they have impressed me. Fair play to them for getting where they are. This is part of the game. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And they they they're in it. But I just think, you know, if the Stars win tonight, <coughs> um, which they're very well capable of doing, yeah, I still see the Golden Knights going ahead throughout the series. But what I do see is that. It's just making it extra tougher on themselves. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because there's a playoff there waiting for them. With, with I think it's pretty obvious that it's going to be Tampa. Um, yeah. Well, let, let's move on to Tampa and let's let's talk about them because obviously um, 
they have uh, a 2-0 lead at the moment after, first of all, blitzing the Islanders 8-2 in the first game. And then last night, uh, last night winning, obviously, 2-1 um, to, uh, like I said, have a 2-0 lead and put them in the driving seat. Yeah, I think um, the Lightning just, yeah, they, 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 they look like the best team that has been in this series, to be honest. Not this series, I think the bubble, let's be fair. Um, I think Kucherov has probably been the MVP for me. Um, they've had players like Hedman, um, you know, play well. Like everybody has played well for for the Lightning. Are a team? Do you know what I mean? They're a team. Um, <clears throat> you look at their their stats from last night. Like, um, they've less shots on goal. Yeah, less face-off percentage. Um, you know, less hits. Probably more blocks, but they less giveaways as well. So you can see they're proficient in where they need to be. Um, I think the real thing that impresses me about uh, Tampa is that they don't give up because they've been they've they've been in some Broadways. You know what I mean? They've they've literally been in some games where it's gone to overtime, not once but twice, and they never give up. But um, Hedman Vasilevsky, the goalkeeper, the goals goalkeeper. Vasilevsky is just ridiculous. Yeah, he is. He is unbelievable. He's probably been the goalie of the the goalie of the <clears throat> of the Stanley Cup so far. I see him and, and Demko definitely. Him and Demko, yeah, I think Demko as well for sure. Um, but Kucherov, unbelievable. Point, unbelievable. Headman, unbelievable. Um, their defense is really good. You know, and I think. I just yeah, I think that the, the Lightning just literally have they have a championship winning team there. But but in my opinion, so do the Golden Knights. So it's um you know, you can make a you can make an argument that the Golden Knights have been the most impressive then from you know, from the West in terms of an attacking standpoint, especially in the earlier games, they were just absolutely Well, they had lost their way a little bit. Uh, yeah, that's what I mean. They, I think Yeah, but they I are think, coming back now. Yeah, I think they're coming back. Whereas I look at Tampa and I think they've been consistently good, you know? Yeah. They didn't, they, it wasn't like they set their standards too high and then they dropped. Yeah. They've just well, uh, been consistent. I think Tampa so far have, um, just bear me two seconds and I'll find out, but I don't think they've even dropped that many games in this whole series. No, they, um, haven't. they haven't. Let me have a look and see. They... Yeah, they dropped one game against Boston in the last round. And then they only, yeah, then against Columbus, they only dropped one game as well. So they've only dropped two games in, in, in two rounds, well, two, two and a bit rounds so far. So um, they are definitely, uh, they are definitely the standout team and probably rightly so favourites at the moment. I would say so. I'd say they would be favourites. Uh, and that'll be an interesting one for you and me because initially, uh, Initially, you were uh, you were on the Calgary bandwagon uh, for me, and now it's going to have to come to a point where we're going to have to be rivals if that is the uh, if that is the final of the Stanley Cup, where you will be uh, yeah you'll be cheering for the Golden well, Knights and all it's the... one of these like friendly rivalries. Oh yeah, anyway, oh least. yeah, for sure, yeah. For sure. Have you got yourself a Golden Knights jersey? Did you pick one up when you were in Vegas? No, I didn't pick one up. I was. In I Vegas. bet you Maybe... wish you did. Oh well, look, yeah. Maybe next time, whenever I get to go. Yeah, I can't really talk about Vegas because I was meant to be going next month, so it's kind of a sore topic at the moment. Oh well, dude, who are you talking to? I was meant to be in, uh, I was meant to be in New York. Yeah, June, as you remember. Exactly. 
Yeah, yeah. So my own quite... sister's wedding. Yeah, from my own sister's wedding before this darn China virus came in. Bloody hell. I would have I would have been eating New York pizza all day long. I would have went and seen the the Giants, hopefully not playing, but I would have saw their stadium. <laughs> <laughs> you would have you would have went out to New Jersey to see MetLife Stadium. <laughs> yeah, well I would have. I would have went over yeah. I wanted to go over and see see all the board. Taking in a basketball game or something, yeah. Yeah, well yeah, of course I would have went to MSG and stuff, but I wanted to see the yeah. Giant Stadium as well, just because, you know, it was always mesmerized by it as a kid from the ninety four World Cup. So it was just yeah. one of those things that was on the bucket list. But like I said And WrestleMania as well. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 I didn't want to mention that, but yeah. Oh you can. <laughs> <laughs> you um, can. But no, we do move along now because as I say, we before we end up on that, it is gonna be it's gonna be a great series. I think it, that's yeah. a final where I will not miss one minute of any of the no. uh, the games. Um Hopefully, by then I'll have a Tampa Bay Lightning jersey as well. Actually, hopefully, um, maybe. And uh, I'll be I'll be sitting there in the blue and uh, be cheering them on. But like I say, number low for the Golden Knights too. They're a great team uh, to watch. It's great to see a team that's only what about five years old, um, kind of shown shown cojones basically. Like they're 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 not a they're not a sham team. They're a really really good team. Um, and then obviously that's the model. The Kraken will be, uh, will be, uh, will be looking to kind of, um, I suppose, follow the model that they'll be looking to follow. Speaking of the Kraken guys, if anybody uh, has already decided that they want to be a Seattle Kraken fan, um, there actually is merchandise available already. I'm going to give them a cheap plug, even though they're not paying yeah, us for this. There is. Yeah, there is merch already, and it does look beauty. And if you are only getting into NHL and you kind of want a new team or just because you like the colours of certain jerseys. Um, it's probably a pretty cool thing to do. It's a really good logo, really good jersey. But yeah. uh, if you want to be a real fan, and you want to be cold in the winter up in the mountains, just pick Calgary. And uh, <laughs> just be disappointed every year. Yeah. <laughs> just be disappointed. Be cold, be cold and miserable. Be cold and miserable, yeah. Just like Ireland. No wonder I'm a Calgary fan. <laughs> <laughs> right, so... But we'll move, move on. on um, yeah, we um, we'll take uh, one more break, yep. um, and we will be back, and we will continue our NFL preview by previewing the NFC North and South. Cousins throws, passes, caught for the win. Kyle Rudolph and the Vikings are moving on. Breeze throws, going for Thomas. He's got it. McCaffrey trying to get around the right side. He does. McCaffrey leaps. Into oh, touchdown. Up and in. Rodgers to throw and has all day. And wide open. He's got it. It's Devontae Adams. And you're welcome back to the third and final part of the ASI podcast with myself, Darren Maher, and of course, Ian. The touchdown. Just before we uh, get into some football, uh, just make sure if you don't already to go and follow us on our socials. Uh, of course, you can go to facebook.com forward slash 
ASI podcast. Then you can follow us on Twitter at ASI underscore pod. And then, of course, there's Instagram uh, at ASI podcast there too. So uh, just make sure you give us a like, a follow. And then sometime in the future when we're subscribe as well. Well, anyway, we'll move on. And we're into the last of our NFL preview. Right now, there's NFL action happening, which is fantastic. But we still have two leagues to sort out. And one of them involves your uh, New Orleans Saints, Ian. Um, So I wonder if you've got a few five-word predictions ready for them. I don't know if you do or not. I just say on March the Saints, right? <laughs> oh. That's all I'm gonna say. Man. There we go. That that's Ian's input. There we are. We're done. <laughs> but um, we'll I've got another actually, one. I've got a new another okay. one. Drew Brees don't get political because uh, it's not worked for him thus far since the uh, the the finish of the of the last season. Um, he's just landing himself in hot water. I'm very uh, in tune with the uh, with the NOLA community. A lot of friends over there, really, really close friends, including, as you know, the mighty Phil and Selmo Pantera. And none of them want Drew Brees uh, trying to get political or making stupid statements as he has done. Play ball, Drew, and uh, try and try and help us because, from what I'm hearing and what I'm looking into it as well, the, the Saints don't have like the worst team in the world and. Um, no, they they are one of the favourites again yeah. this year. They seem to be every year. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah, I know. Like since two thousand twenty-eight, like so. <laughs> um, which is the last time we won it? I believe that was the year, right? Yep. There's a real Nola fan. See that taken from the taken from the bells in my memory. Uh, I remember watching, <laughs> I remember watching that uh, watching that series, and it was absolutely unbelievable. Um, so yeah, why don't uh, why don't you come in? Sure. Well, yeah. While we're on the topic of uh, the Saints, we will start our uh, NFC preview, uh, NFC South preview with the Saints, and we're going to start off with my five-word prediction for the Saints: Old Timers battle for first. Okay. So, oh, uh, Drew Brees' last year. Uh, this uh, this will be his last year before he moves into the commentary booth. So. Uh, the big question with, with Drew Brees is, will his arm hold up? Because what we've seen, especially in the last two years, is he starts off well, like he starts off every season well, and he can throw the ball. But as the season goes on, you can see, Wear and tear. yeah, you can see, you can just see tiredness or whatever age becoming a factor because he is forty years old now. Let, let's let's be real. It's becoming a, like I said, it's becoming a factor, and he can't throw the ball as far as he used to. So they have to become innovative in their offense. Uh, and I think one of the, one addition that they've made, which I think will help this coming season, is the addition of Emmanuel Sanders, who will play obviously wide out as well, which will help, of course, Michael Thomas, who is the best wide receiver in in the in the league at the moment. So he's got that number two there, like we mentioned in basketball. You have your star player and it's all about how your number two player plays. That Sanders is a great number two for Michael Thomas and it gives another weapon, like we said, for for Drew Brees. Um and another uh, they've got some good additions, especially in the defense with uh uh Malcolm Jenkins joining. So uh, my prediction for them this year is ten and six they will go. So 
they'll be right up there to uh, win the division. Now, why I said old-timers battle for first is because it's the next team that I'm going to talk about, and it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Of course, Tom Brady at 42, 43 years old. So there's the two old-timers. It's still, old -timers it's still sexy, by the way. It's still sexy. Of course, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, so... I like what you've done there. Yeah, that's really... Yeah, yeah. I like that. So who of the old-timers is going to win in this battle of first? My five-word prediction for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tampa Bay will be okay. So they said Tom Brady is there. He is. He's with the Bucs. He's got all these weapons. He's got some great wide receivers, some great tight ends, some great running backs. you got Fournette, Gronkowski, Evans, Godwin, Brait, McCoy, so many like, things that he didn't have in his last couple of years in New England. So we'll see now if, if he still has the – uh, still has the ability to sort of throw the ball around because um, we saw it waning a little bit um, in New England. Is that because he didn't have the people to catch the football or is it that he not have the ability to actually throw the ball accurately? We'll find out this year. Um, Leonard Fournette is it's going to be the new running back. I don't know if he's going to be the right running back for Tom Brady-style offense. Tom Brady likes a lot of checkdowns to his running back. Fournette isn't the greatest. Uh, catching running back in the league. So I don't know if that's going to work. Uh, the defense, though, uh, the Tampa Bay defense, I think is going to be the star of this team next year, not the offense, with uh, Todd Bones as the defensive coordinator because you've got, like, like, first of all, Shaq Barrett is the star, absolute star. He's going to uh, be incredible again this year. Uh, but you've also got players, you've got like Adamic and Sue and Fonte Vea in, in the middle of defense there. That's gone really two good players. I really like Vonte Vea, and I think he's going to take a step up this year. We've got like Devin White and Fonte uh, David as well. So, a few questions in the backfield, but the front uh, seven, especially, is going to, is loaded, which is going to cause a lot of teams a lot of difficulty. But my prediction for them. In the battle of the old timers, I said the Saints would be ten and six. I also have the books finishing ten and six. I think it'll actually be a dead heat. Both teams will actually finish with the same record, um, and it will come to who wins the face-offs to uh, obviously win the division. We'll move on to the next. Which team. will be the Saints. So let's finish with that. Yeah. I will say the Saints just just to keep uh, you and Phil happy. And all of Nola. Not just them. And all of Nola. You're an exhorter as well. Don't you forget, Kyle Thomas, Thomas from Exhorter listens to this podcast, so we want to keep him happy too. He'll be happy to know. Okay, okay. for the three, you guys especially. Sorry, Kyle, Phil, and Ian. All <laughs> for just you three. The Saints are going to win the division uh, this year. And we'll be we'll, rooting we'll for Seattle for you, so don't worry. Thank you. That's all I ask, because we're going to need all the help that we can get. Uh, <laughs> we'll go to the next team, and that is the Atlanta Falcons. Boom! So my, the worst. The worst. Yeah. Yeah, let's go. My five-word prediction for the Atlanta Falcons. A girly exit for Dan. So Dan Quinn is the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, who is under a lot of pressure. A decent end to last season saved what was... A pretty miserable year for, for the Atlanta Falcons, who never have seemed to have 
gotten over the disappointment of that Super Bowl loss to the Patriots a couple of years ago when they were up by, I think it was 27 to 3 or something like that, they were winning by. They've never, they've, they, they've not gotten over that uh, hangover. Uh, and I still think they're still living in it. Uh, Todd Gurley, of course, coming over from the Rams, uh, still question marks about his arthritic knee. So we'll see how long he can sort of hang around there. The defense need to stay healthy, especially because their backups, it's a big drop off from starter to backup, I think, with, with the Falcons. Um, and like I said in my five-word prediction, I wouldn't be surprised to see someone like Dan Quinn end up losing his his job during the year. I mentioned it with the Jets coach, Adam Gase. I think it's the same with Dan Quinn. I think he's on a bit of borrowed time. He's definitely on the hot seat and uh, another bad season could see Dan Quinn unfortunately lose his job. My uh, prediction for them is to go eight and eight. So they will start off bad, lose a lot of games early, Dan Quinn will lose the job. Whoever comes in to take over, whether it be a temporary or permanent basis, will sort of steady the ship and make, again, like last year, make chicken salad out of chicken shit. You know, just yeah. make, make, make the season somewhat, uh, somewhat, uh, how can I say? Presentable. Uh, put a shine on it. You know, put a shine on the season somewhat. Even though I, maybe, shouldn't, you know, uh, I shouldn't give a five-word prediction for them anyway. Why? Because it would be, although I'd probably set a bit of rivalry up here, actually, if I did do it, it would be super fuck the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, that's what I have to say. Okay, well, look, very, very uh, no educated, one has to... Very educated, yeah. grown-up assessment of the Atlanta Falcons. And to be honest with you guys, I'm shitting you. I'm just trying to create a bit of buzz, a bit of heat here, you know, um... Get nasty. I was going to say, no one would second guess your feelings toward the Atlanta Falcons anyway. No. Screw the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> uh, what if they ever will... give Bill Goldberg? That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> they could take him back. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> they could take him back. But uh, we'll move on to the last team in the NFC South. That is the Carolina Panthers. My five-word prediction for them. Ruling with an iron fist. Of course, Matt Rule in his first head coaching job in the NFL. Of course, he's, he's done some fantastic work in the college game. But uh, this is the first big job that he's going to have. And oh, interesting. He's, cle- he's cleared the decks. He's gotten rid of a lot of uh, veteran players. Oh, really? Um, well, yeah. Well, the likes of uh, Luke Keatley, well, he, he retired. He, he wasn't kicked out of the, uh, of the team. He, he decided to retire. Uh, you've got Craig Olsen. Because he uh, knew what was coming. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Craig Olsen and uh, Cam Newton also have uh, left the team. Uh, all these all these players, of course, from their uh, Super Bowl run there a couple of years ago. Unsuccessful Super Bowl run. Got to the... the <coughs> and lost, of course, to Peyton Manning's Denver Broncos that, that year. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater now is the, the quarterback uh, with the uh, Panthers. I think he is the perfect quarterback for their star player, who, of course, Christian McCaffrey is probably, I think, the best running back in the league. Um, he, he likes these check down passes. He doesn't throw the ball far, so it'll be perfect for someone for like um, Fitzpatrick to... Um, to uh, continue 
his uh, fantastic run that he's on. Uh, a thousand, thousand yard last year, which means a thousand yards rushing and a thousand yards receiving. Um, so absolutely fantastic year for him. See if he can hit that again. Um, Looking forward to seeing more of Brian Burns again this year. Uh, also looking forward to seeing Derek Brown on the defense. Um, he's made a lot of def- player uh, ads on defense, especially with the draft. And he is in the own as a defensive coach. Uh, Robbie Anderson playing at, uh, obviously, wide out this year on some big, big money after leaving the Jets. He could be a surprise standout. Just watch out for that. Um, but my, uh, I still, like I said... Before, before you give your prediction, can yeah. I ask you a question there? Could you be the man to yeah. ask? When you get a new coach like that coming up from from the college game, because this will probably go back to what we spoke earlier about, like a brand new coach like Steve Nash coming into a basketball um, scenario. But in football here, um, when you bring a coach like that, that literally just rocks the apple cart and literally pretty much throws the apple cart out the window, to be fair, and um, shakes it up in such a big way. And and as you mentioned, a team that had a pretty good like playoff run, didn't quite get there, but but made a good, good run of it. Um, yeah. what do you, what does that do in an in an NFL environment with a team that big? Um, like does that? I mean, is it make or break? Is it is it is it under the orders of the owners, or is that where you're going? Right, I'm the boss, and I'm coming in to change this whole dynamic, or what? Well, I think yeah, it, it, especially with this situation, it's an interesting one because they have changed owners re- in the last couple of years, and they've obviously had Ron Rivera, who who's been their head coach for a long time as well. And I think maybe the change was necessary in terms of just a whole bland, a uh, whole a new slate. The, the getting rid of some of the veteran players, like you know, some of those players that hung on from that Super Bowl run, that I think maybe lived off that a little too much. Um, and I think they want to obviously because they're in such a tough division this year as well with the likes of sorry the Bucks, the Bucks, the Saints, and, and the Falcons, and not so much the Falcons, but definitely the Saints and the Bucks. You're facing them four times this year, yeah. so two times each. I think yeah, I think it's good um, to sort of a new guy with new ideas to come into the team to shake things up to sort of break that. Um, staleness you could say sure, uh, that yeah, maybe has, up, has yeah. exactly that has encapsulated the team and I think that's that's perfect now the only disadvantage to it is like we've mentioned throughout all these reviews with teams that could struggle is like the teams that have made the most changes are the ones that are going to be in the biggest trouble because you don't have a regular off season to get to know your players and get to get your system in place so I don't think it's been um, ideal for him, but I, I still think that he, he can. This is a team that can sure that can not really make a playoff run, but they are good enough to ruin a couple of other teams' playoff hopes. Oh, I get um, you. So, so no, because the only reason I ask that question is because I always respect um, somebody that has that bravery that can yeah. come into some you know legends of their own dressing room. Let's say. Yeah, and, and kind of uh, you know rock that apple cart and say right listen I'm the boss it, it creates it establishes um, authority which I think is good yeah. and it probably and it helps to gives him a free yeah. reign right I mean he's not going to yeah. be in the season alone so exactly and I think I think that helps stamp your authority into a team is getting rid of those veteran players that would sort of rule the dressing room per se there you, you know go. so there you go yeah um, like starting everything just afresh and new yeah. 
So I think that would be, be the perfect thing. But that's the NFC South. We'll move on to the NFC North and who will be kings of the North this coming year. Uh, so we will start. Uh, Ian, I'll let you choose. I'm going to give you the four teams. You choose who we want to start with. So the Packers, the Vikings, the Bears, or the Lions? I'm going to go with an old favorite of mine. My first ever uh, my first ever baseball hat, actually. We're going to go with the Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears. Okay. So my five-word prediction for the Chicago Bears. Bears with Mitch, they're folds. Okay. So... Now you need uh, to explain. <laughs> now I need to explain. <laughs> so, uh, the the main story in the off season for the Chicago Bears is who is going to be QB one, the starting quarterback this coming year. Is it going to be Mitch Trubisky, the person who they drafted four years ago? Who, if you were to ask any person who is not a Chicago Bears fan, would say Mitch Trubisky is trash and should not be a quarterback in the NFL? Or do you go for the person that they brought in this offseason in Nick Foles, Big Dick Nick, as he's called, for wi- after winning the Super Bowl for the Philadelphia Eagles a couple of years ago against the New England Patriots? I do remember that series as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we found out this week who is going to be quarterback one. Who? And it's not false. Oh. Mitch Durbisky is going to be the starting quarterback this Sunday. Um, and it's, well, for me, it was an eyebrow raiser. Um, it's, it, they are really trying to make Mitch Trubisky work. The only reason why Mitch Trubisky still has a job in the NFL at the moment, I believe, is because his coach is a play-calling genius. Okay, okay. Now, he is getting the best plays together to make the to get the best out of Mitch Trubisky, I believe. Um, and Mitch is still trying his best to mess that up. And he's <laughs> doing it quite well, actually. Does Mitch have something on coach, possibly? I don't know. Maybe he has some dirty pictures or something. He, or some text something messages. Something right there, right? Because I've actually I've heard this story, which is actually funny because I do, I do, I do follow um, Chicago sports quite a lot. Not for no other reason other than, like I mentioned, you know, Chicago Bears, Chicago Bulls. It's always been yeah. kind of one of those, you know, places that in Ireland has a lot of relevance when it comes to teams. Yeah. So I'm actually cool. Cubs, the Blackhawks, yeah. the Everydom, yeah, 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 exactly. So. Yeah, it's, it, that's a strange one. So, obviously, the coach is a really good good tactician by the sounds of it. Yeah, yeah. But, Matt Nagy is the coach. He's, he, okay. he, he is a great uh, play caller for, for offensive plays. And um, all he needs is a competent quarterback to take that team to the next level, I believe. But he has one by the sounds of it, and he won't start it. Right? He, well, he has one that can do the, uh, competent, yes, um, in Nick Foles. Uh, I don't know why. I like I said, Mitch obviously has something on him. I don't yeah, know what it is. Yeah, yeah. Was you he know? was he on Epstein's flight at all or something? <laughs> <laughs> There's my five letter prediction. Where you on Epstein's flight? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, coach? Coach, you gotta wake up, brother. Come on, man. Uh, but like, like I said, uh, the thing that though the, the Bears have been known for in the last few, the last two years anyway, has been their defense. Yeah, since the acquisition of uh, Khalil Mack, they they've been sort of one, known as one of the meanest defenses uh, in the NFL. Last season, they definitely weren't, and this year, 
I feel that they are going to take another step back. I fear for that defense a lot. Um, I think teams have figured out ways to deal with it. And um, I do fear for the Bears this year. That's why I actually have a prediction of them going 5-11. and 11. I don't. I can't see them winning a lot of games if you're going to stick with Mitch Trubisky. So with this, with this kind of prediction, man, that's a pretty nasty one, actually. Sorry to yeah. all my Chicago brothers and sisters listening to that. Yeah. Um, but this man knows his stuff, so he might not be wrong. Um, I mean, how does a coach like that stay in, in, in place then? Like, do, do, does that position not get reviewed? You know? Well, see, like, I, I, I don't know why, but it's, it's, it's coach and it's GM as well. GM is, is Ryan Pace is his name, and he was one that drafted Mitch Trubisky. And, just for context, Mitch Trubisky was drafted in the same uh, draft as uh, the two uh, quarterbacks playing right now at the moment, uh, Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. Both have signed massive extension contracts and both are fantastic quarterbacks. And I think maybe for some way, and I think um, Trubisky was picked over uh, Mahomes. They didn't what they picked Trubisky over Mahomes. So I think Ryan Pace is just trying to say, look, listen, we can still make this guy one of the best quarterbacks in the world. It's not our fault, you know. But it sounds like uh, it sounds like the Chicago Bears franchise is a bit of a honey trap operation because it sounds like the head, well, it sounds like the quarterback f- has something on the head coach, and the head coach has something on the GM. So. <laughs> They're definitely just going around in circles here. What's going on? Well, to be fair, you make an interesting point there about being a honey trap. But like the the Bears organization, but wasn't the greatest before um, Matt Nagy came in and sort of sorted out the defense and sort of made them relevant because he made a sort of playoff run that year, his first year in charge. Yeah, and everyone thought, yeah. oh, they're they're back, but. Sure. I don't know. It was that team, year. They're only a team by name now, really, aren't they? Like, yeah. Don't... Was was that a, was that a, was that a flash in the pan sort of year? Yeah. Like it's yeah. it's becoming that was a more surprising year. I think this is going this coming season is going to sort of let us know which it is. It, it is was like last year the blip or was the successful year a blip and they're going to go back to mediocrity. This is what we're going to see and. Obviously, from my prediction, I think they're going to go back to mediocrity if Ooh. they continue with the likes That's of Mr. Trubisky as their quarterback. Yeah, yeah it is. Um, but we'll move on. We'll move on to uh, the Detroit Lions. And um, my five-word prediction for the Detroit Lions is Crash Matt won't save Patricia. So Matt Stafford is back after missing most of last year with a broken freaking back. And uh, I, I still don't think that's I still don't think that's going to be enough to save Matt Patricia's job as head coach. I think he's another coach who's in a lot of trouble if his team doesn't perform this year. Uh, they let uh, their all-star uh, Pro Bowl cornerback uh, Darius Lay leave, and they drafted uh, Jeff um, Okuda, uh, who will be a star a cornerback but I don't think he will be this year so that leaves him a little light on the defence um, they have an interesting battle going on a running back between uh, Jonathan Swift and Kerryon Johnson um, but other than that like this is a poor team it's a poor side and I, I don't see like Kenny Galladay their wide out is a star he's, he's the one shining star in a pretty grim sort of 
team. They have a really, really tough schedule this year as well, um, not least facing the, the Vikings and the Packers four times, but the other teams that they're going to be facing too. Uh, I said the Bears are in trouble with a 5-11 and 11 record. The Lions, I believe, are going to go 4-12 and 12 this year. And I think Matt Patricia is going to lose his job as well. I think this could be the year that a lot of teams decide to make the change and get rid of a lot of coaches that just aren't working. So I think that's a, it's going to be another tough year for Detroit fans. Um, being a Detroit Lions fan in general is just tough because they, they never seem to have a good side. They never seem to go on a run ever. So I guess um, I have a five-letter prediction, five-word prediction for that then by the sounds of that. Yeah. Um, like yep. your little kiss song says, you got to lose your mind in Detroit, right? Uh, well, look, it sounds if, you, like if, you, if you continue to be a Detroit Lion fan, you definitely lost your mind anyway. Oh, man. I didn't even know they were a team. Oh. I'm only kidding. <laughs> 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 I, I, I Maybe... Maybe that's how some some fans should uh, should think. It's like, oh no, I didn't know the other team. Yeah, and and they don't really have much hope either because they don't have a basketball team, and obviously their, you know, their hockey team sucks at the moment as well. So it's they yeah. need to pick me up in Detroit, definitely. Yeah, they do. They definitely do. But uh, we will follow on to the two better sides in this division. So many states uh, hate me right now in the United States. Like, <laughs> That's that fucking Dynamo's doesn't lie. He's always he's a son of a bitch. Him. I don't like just, him. Just because he's a Saints fan. That's all it's, it is. It's all, the northern, it's all the northern states that hate me. He's a Confederate <laughs> fuck. I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good Lord. Uh, so we'll Speaking of a northern state that's not going to like you, the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, Minnesota will love me. They will love me. I like Minnesota. So, my my uh, my five word prediction for this one, and I, I'm kind of proud of this one. Is liking cousins wrong? Oh, good lord! Yeah, I like that. That's uh, so okay. So I don't think Minnesota like the Dynamo. <laughs> don't like Dara. That's it. A lot of great things. I mean, Jesse McGeorge from Minnesota. Minnesota is a great place. <laughs> so. QB Kirk Cousins is uh, obviously back for another year and he gets a lot of grief for his style of play but I like Kirk Cousins I actually think he's a decent quarterback he's quite an accurate quarterback he's just not a mobile quarterback he just can't run like quarterbacks can nowadays so he needs to stay in the pocket and throw and I think with the new uh, offensive coordinator that's going to be there this year, hopefully he means he will get more opportunities to throw the ball. So he can stick to his course, kind of thing. Like. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Because the, 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 the offense last year was a very run-heavy offense. And obviously when you have a player like Dalvin Cook, you are going to run the ball a lot more than other teams. But that was sort of, you know... Um, not helping uh, Cousins um, himself. So I think this year, hopefully they can run the ball a little more, maybe find a better balance. Because obviously you still have Dalvin Cook on, the, on your side. So you still want to let him run with the ball too. 
Um, the the loss of Stefan Diggs is, is huge, but of course you have Thielen and the likes of Rudolph still there. And Justin Jefferson from the draft has looked really good in camp. So um, hopefully that can counteract the, the loss of, of a player like Diggs. Um, the loss, of course, on the defensive side of Linval Joseph and Emerson Griffin is a big loss. But I think they made a fantastic trade in the offseason and got Yannick Ngakwe from the Jacksonville Jaguars. And of course, you've got Michael Pierce there with Daniel Hunter. Um, Daniel Hunter, though, did, we just found out yesterday, I believe, is, is dealing with a bit of an injury. Hopefully, he won't be out for two. He went on IR, I should say, and he's going to miss the first three weeks of the season. So, um, hopefully, he can come back then uh, around then. Um, I believe it's going to be between the Vikings and the Packers for the division. My prediction for the Vikings this year is nine and six. I believe they're going to, or nine and seven. Sorry, my apologies. Not nine and six. Nine and seven. They're going to go this year. Um, Will that be enough to win the division? Let's find out because we are going to talk about Green the Green Bay Packers. I like that. I like that. That's a team that I've always liked. I know this is going to sound very funny and very primal and very uh, juvenile of me, but the Green Bay Packers are the first team. I had a cousin that came back from the States one time and he had a Green Bay Packers like everything. Green Bay Packers everything. He had, uh, he had the hat, the backpack, got himself a... Got himself a shirt and everything. Got himself the, the jersey. Did he have the like cheese head thing? Did he? Yeah, I think it was that cheese head thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Like, it went in the middle of the hat. Yeah. Is, is that a thing? That they oh have? no, like the big, the big like pyramid looking block of cheese yeah. that people wear in their head. I mean. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're going back to the nineties here now, like so. Uh, but I always remember being infatuated with a. That was the first time as a kid I saw like American teams do you know what i mean because uh we knew that you know the premier league teams were still quite boring you know what i mean yeah. in terms of their gear but then you saw this americana yeah so the green bay packers have always had a little bit of a, a little bit of a soft spot for them ever since i saw their beautiful gear and their lovely hats so obviously this team are going to wipe the floor in this division yeah well let's find out yeah, well, I'm pretty sure that's where we're going because everyone my my five word prediction, my five word prediction for the Green Bay Packers. Rogers, no love from team. Oh, so no one's so, winning the division. <laughs> uh, so, of course, Adam. Uh, I was going to say Adam. Sorry, Aaron Rodgers uh, is the obviously has been the quarterback for. Green Bay for years now, um, but they instead of drafting uh, a wide receiver in the first round in this in just past draft to help him get some more weapons to throw to, uh, they decided to draft his replacement quarterback. Strange decision, everyone thinks so, but if you are in the Green Bay Packers front office, you think that's the best decision you've ever made. Okay. Uh, he still has now. Let's be real. Uh, sorry. Then in the second round, you draft a running back. So how does that help? I don't know. But sure, look, they think it does. <laughs> um, you still have Devonte Adams there, who was a star at wide receiver. But if he's your only really good wide receiver, teams can just cover him, and then we don't know what's going to happen. The only other sort of kind of threat that they may have had was Jimmy Graham. He's gone now. He left and went to the Bears. You know, it's it's weird. You know, you got um, obviously Aaron Jones was our running back last year. Had a great year 
with a lot of a lot of touchdowns last year. AJ Dillon was the running back they drafted in the second round, who they will uh, probably be getting giving more reps to. So Aaron Jones is. Um, Touchdown amount will probably go down. His touches will go down as well. Um, they had a really, really good year last year. They went 13 and 3. The defense carried them for most of that. Obviously, the Smith brothers um, and um, Shayer Alexander were obviously the standouts uh, of last year. I'd like the addition of Christian Curtsy and the linebacking core um, to help them. Um, so we'll see. I'm not. I don't think they're going to go 13 and three this year. But my prediction for them is to go 10 and six, which will be enough to win the division. So the Packers are going to win the division this year, I believe. And um, they won't have as good a season as they had last year, but good enough to win the division and make it into the playoffs. So that brings us to the end of this whole deal. So yes, I think I think we need to obviously come to a conclusion as to who's going to be in the... Um, he's going to be in the Super Bowl? Yeah, let's just say, yeah, let's go there. I was going to try and make it awkward, but yeah, no, who's going to be in the Super Bowl? Okay. I How, about we do it this way? How about we do it this way to make it a little bit easier and then we can maybe narrow it down and give you more time to think. Okay. Two teams from both sides that will be in it. Okay. Uh, well, on the AFC side, I think it's either between the Chiefs and the Ravens. Okay. Baltimore getting uh, to the club, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I think Both so. Kansas uh, City, by the way. Let's get the Texans. What score is it right now? It's a 7-7. Seven, seven. See, there you go. 7-7. Seven, seven. All right. 7-7. Seven, seven. So, the Chiefs, uh, the Chiefs and the Ravens. The, the Chiefs and the Ravens. On the NFC side, this is a tough one. I'm going to go to Saints. And yeah, the Saints and the 49ers. I don't like saying the 49ers, but I think the 49ers. Okay, so I think we can probably narrow that side down. And you think the Saints might just make it out of the 49ers and the Saints, yeah? Yeah, I think okay. so. And... and I will say, just to make things interesting, the Ravens. The, the Ravens, yeah. Yeah. That would be a hell of a game, man. That'd be a good Super Bowl. That I would, would definitely watch Super that Bowl. Super Bowl. And who 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 does the halftime show? I don't know. Gotta get the some. halftime shows. To see the halftime shows aren't great anymore. No, no, we They're need to get really a proper not. halftime show again. I think we need to get yeah. a campaign for a proper half. Do you know who I'm calling for halftime? Who? I'm really gonna say it out there because they're widen They've literally during this coronavirus, they've done more for anybody out of any band I've ever seen or anything like that, you know, in terms of the last time they were here in Ireland, over in Europe as well, they've been donating literally money out of their own check from shows to all homeless charities and shelters. Metallica, let's get some rock in the... Let's get Metallica. I think that's one thing that's missing, but see, because it's such a pop culture event, you know, they want a pop, you know, all this shite. I know, I know. Well, we should we should get Metallica there, but Metall yeah, that that probably be white privilege though. So we probably need to get like uh, I don't know Wu Tang Clan. <laughs> yeah, Wu Tang Clan. I like Wu Tang um, Clan. <laughs> be no problem for me. I like Wu Tang Clan. I go. 
Um, you know, yeah, you know what they'll probably get? They'll probably get like a mixture of like, you know, like Post Malone and, you know, uh, Travis Scott and all these like different ones. All these like silly that. people with like tattoos yeah. on their face that they shouldn't really have tattoos on their face for. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like did anyone ever, like Joe Rogan had Post Malone on his podcast and they just sat down and I think they took mushrooms or something. And yeah, it was like, would you not just ask the guy, why have you got so many ridiculous doodles on your face? Like, I mean, I cannot tell you one post, post Malone song. I can't. I, yeah, I've heard Post Malone songs. A few of them are good. I need to check yeah. him out. Because uh, he seems like a nice guy. I'm not actually ripping mm. on, the, on, on the guy. He seems like a pretty cool dude, like, listening to him. Um, <laughs> but I guess, like, yeah, we're getting lost here a little bit. But Big I wrestling fan as well, actually. Listen, if you're in America and you're not a wrestling fan, then fuck you. <laughs> it's like the uh, it's like the old uh, if you don't chew big red, then fuck you. <laughs> That's where that came from. I don't really know. But uh, yeah, listen, if you're not if you're a pro wrestling fan in uh, America at home, I feel sorry for you. <laughs> um, so the Saints and so, the yeah, Ravens sounds like a good. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say Saints and the Ravens uh, Super Bowl this year. Ooh, and you, know? you think the Saints could do it this year? You think it's possible? You think it's well? Obviously, you think it's possible if they're getting to the final. It would it would end Drew Brees' story in the NFL perfectly. It would be nice, wouldn't it? Like because I mean, I think for all the hate that Drew Brees has been getting at the moment recently, you know, for whatever political reason, like. It's yeah. silly, really. Uh, and I think if they don't win the Super Bowl this year, they're not going to for a long time. Yeah, because it could be like because once Drew Brees is gone, how do you replace that? You literally like, yeah. you're trying to find like your next star quarterback, and like you said before, that's not they don't just come around every no. you know every every draft. Let's be fair, you know what I mean. No. Um, so exactly. it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I might I might win with the Saints now on on uh, Madden, although I'm not up to date on Madden, so I'll have to. Uh, I have to learn this one before I get the next one. <laughs> before I drop another, I have to learn how to play it. Yeah, yeah. Before, before I drop, drop another, another seventy quid. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's uh, but yeah, that's an interesting. I like that. You put a lot of work into that. I enjoyed it too as well because it gives me a little bit of clarity on, on certain teams and stuff. A little bit disappointed hearing about some teams that might not do well. That I have a little bit of a. Yeah. Well, so, like the thing is, I could be right and I could be totally wrong on a lot of things. Of course, but that's, the beauty, surprise. that's the beauty of it, though, isn't it? Yeah. Um, beauty of prediction, you know. Um, yeah. But you play the game, so you have an idea. Um, mm -hmm. You have an idea, which is good. I always like to listen to people that play the game. There's a couple of people I know that are playing it now as well, and they've kind of come up with similar predictions too. So that's that's a yeah. That's an interesting one. Um, yeah, I mean next week. It's going to be interesting because we'll obviously have a couple of games played, right? Uh, next week, we'll have the first round of fixtures totally finished so we can review them and sort of talk about um, talk about the, the, the main talking points from, from the league, what, what sort of uh, surprises took place, if any. Um, am I on track with my predictions? We'll find out. We'll find out. But I think this is a great point to end it. Ian, thank you so much, as always. Uh, we will, uh, like I said, be back next week to review the first round of games in the NFL. We should know our conference finalists in the NBA by next week, and we should have a clear idea. We may even have our conference winners in the NHL by, the, uh, by next 
week. But uh, Ian, once again, thank you so much. And uh, we will speak to you again next week. Catch you on the flip side, my friends.